0: Only from rust You're listening to The Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Experience all the excitement of the casino on your desktop or mobile device at PlayAlberta.ca. Sign up and receive a fifty dollars welcome bonus using the promo code Casino Fifty. Story last night, I can't recall a better goaltending performance in a long, long time. Vasilevsky, he basically did to the orders what Connor McDavid does to the opposition. Some nights where he's just better, and you like you can't stop McDavid. And last night, you couldn't beat Vasilevsky. It was amazing to watch. The
1: orders should have won that game eighteen to seven. <laughs> <laughs> like it was unbelievable. I'm watching the game, especially. I mean, not that, but through the game. It, it was unbelievable the performance that Zatsiorsky put on last night. It was, you know, it's one of those performances where it'll be a rarity to see something like that ever again. And you think I love what Stuart Skinner said after the game. He said, "Hey, you know what? We played a great game. The players deserve much better. Don't hang your heads. I needed to be better." And just acknowledging that, I think, that tells you everything you need to know about Stuart Skinner. Don't like again. I, I keep saying this about Stewart. Stewart is a capable goaltender. He has shown that. and Yeah, he had a hiccup last night. So what? Move on. This team is uh, has, has found their level. They're playing much, much better. Everybody is. And Vasilevsky, he should have been the first, second, and third star last night. And that's Whiskey Stamko scoring four goals.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I, I can't recall a game where a guy goes, scores four goals and don't even really talks about it. Because Vasilevsky was so, so good. And Edmonton, like... There was about a seven-minute stretch there, Craig, for the Orders, where it just was line after line after line. And it wasn't just like, oh, we're hemming them in. Like, it was utter domination. Like, the Orders should actually feel really good about where their game is at right now.
1: No, no, I don't think there's any question. I, I, you know, you, you've won, you won eight in a row before uh, the game on Thursday night. You played great. You, they really did. So take, take all of that and understand. Just keep playing. Just keep playing like that. Did they deserve a better outcome in that game? Yeah, by the by the way they played, they didn't get it. Doesn't doesn't mean that uh, it's any reason to hang your head. Just just keep moving. And certainly, uh, you, you talk about finding your game, playing well. The Oilers are doing all of that, and they're doing it in, in, in the areas that they needed to do it. And I mean, offensively, I don't think there was any concern about the, the Oilers because of their high skill level, and and they were getting chances even when they were in that slide. You know,
0: right now, they got their game in order. Craig Button joins us. Craig, I was looking at the order schedule. They have 18 games in their next 53 days. That's it. Now, then after that, they got got just a terrible stretch of games. Basically, February, March, April. It's really condensed. So they have the benefit in one sense of time that, you know what, if they have to go Skinner and Pickard uh, between over the next 18, they can. But to me, it's imperative – Ideally, sooner than later, for sure. But by February, they have to have this goaltending situation sorted out. It's inexcusable otherwise.
1: Well, when you say sorted out, you're talking about getting somebody in to support Stewart Skinner. Yes. Because, yeah, and I think that everybody understands that. I don't think we're saying anything. Hey, Calvin is the third goaltender in the organization. And, you know, there's, there's times when you need to lean on your third goaltender. This is a time right now. But when, when, when you get to the serious parts of the schedule, as you point out, when the schedule is condensed after this stretch of 53 days, you're going to need some really good, solid goaltending behind Stuart Skinner. And maybe it maybe is Calvin Picker. Maybe it maybe can. I don't think it is, but I think that, you know, that's an area where they have – because you can't be thinking that they're going to get more – I mean, would Calvin Picker get more than a game or two in this 53-day stretch? I, I don't see it.
0: <laughs> well, I think they're going to have to, right? Like I, 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 I could make an argument that you could start Pickard in New York on the Islanders on Tuesday. And then one of the back-to-backs on New Jersey and the Rangers. Like I, you could make that argument if you want. I'm not saying they will. Cause I'm for sure going to Skinner tomorrow against Florida. Right. And I know that uh, they have two sets of back-to-back in, in their, in their six game their final six games of the month. So I, I he's going to get two of those starts for sure maybe a third one there, right? Like if they wanted to, they could do it. You Some would argue maybe you shouldn't, but if they wanted to, they could because Pickard in his last game against New Jersey, Craig, was pretty solid.
1: Yeah, he was solid. The team in front of him was unbelievable. And, and, And certainly the goaltender has to do his part, and Calvin did exactly that. But, you know, again, like so two or three games in the next 53 days in the next 18 games you haven't become any clearer in understanding do you have the capable – do you have the duo in the net, the tandem in the net? Because, hey, listen, I, I think the orders are going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to be a wild-card team. But you don't want to let that slip because when you dig yourself on the size of the hole that the orders did, I still think they got to win 14 more games than they lose to get to 96 points. Maybe, maybe it's only 13. Maybe they only need 94 points. But there are 500 teams that – Based on my math and based on the history of making the playoffs you're gonna need 94 96 points that means you've got to find a way to win 13 or 14 more games than you lose the rest of the way that yeah. is something that they can't let slip
0: yeah no 100 percent uh Craig button from uh, TSN joins us uh Craig we uh you know getting close to Christmas and uh, you know I think it caught a, a better sense of where some teams are at now than where they were the, the Metro division's wide open uh, outside of the Rangers, you know, like the Islanders, the Flyers, like Carter Hart's playing great. Uh, the Islanders, uh, you know, they can't score a lot, but their defense is good. And they got arguably one of the best goaltending tandems in the entire National Hockey League, New Jersey, Carolina. You know, what do you make of the Metro ultimately? Like, are you still hesitant to put Philly in the race or are you starting to say, damn, I might have to give them a little bit more respect?
1: Well, I think, I think they've earned uh, respect. I think they've earned uh, the opportunity to, to be considered seriously because they played so well. The Islanders, you know, have been so good in finding ways to win. And, you know, this league is about finding ways to win. You know, Pittsburgh, uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm not certain about Pittsburgh. Carolina has had, had their moments. They, they, they struggled in other areas. But what we're talking about here, outside of the Columbus Blue Jackets, you, you you can make the argument that, like, you know, you've got, you, you've got teams in the hunt between, I should say, between the Rangers and between the uh, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. I think New Jersey's finding their game. I think New Jersey is, is getting back to uh, to the level of play that we expected of them. So if that is the case, you're not looking at two teams out of five that could make the playoffs. It's, I And, and maybe, maybe there's two wild-card teams from the Metro. I don't see it that way. So – We'll we'll, we'll just wait and see. Because I think Boston and Florida are in the playoffs in the the Atlantic, Toronto. That's three. So, you know, you're starting to – you talk about the season moving forward and we're getting near Christmas. Guess what? Teams are getting squeezed. And they're getting squeezed into an area where, again, I'll use the term, the margin for error is really thin.
0: Craig, the uh, World Juniors are coming. Uh, who are for people that you know, like Celebrini's there? What um, who are the who are the guys? Maybe you're most intrigued to watch at this year's tourney.
1: Well, I mean, you're always intrigued to watch. Uh, you know, players. A lot of the players have been drafted. I mean, you're, obviously, Macklin Celebrini is a is a top notch player. Cole Eichmann is not playing for the USA. Like, there's some other good players. Consta Hellenius, who's who's a terrific player. He'll be suiting up for uh, Finland. He's going to be a real, uh, real significantly uh, significant player for Finland and a top pick in the NHL draft. A- Emil Hemming, who who's going to play for Finland, he's another really good player that's that's up for the draft. Adam Juracek, David's your brother. He'll be playing for Czechia. Those are just some of the some of the draft picks that are that are going to be in, the, in in the tournament. You know, when you start to look at the overall tournament, though you start to look back to last year's draft and the and the year before draft. I mean, Jimmy Snugger and Cutter Golche for USA. They're going to be in the league next year in the National Hockey League, in my view. You know, Gabe Parole, Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, just a fantastic line for the USA. You know, you start to consider what their abilities are, and they're going to be a handful for any team. Sweden is loaded. Sweden has a great team on home ice. I think the USA and, Canada, and, the, and Sweden are the favorites heading into the tournament. Uh, and they've won the last two U18s, and they've both been in the last two 18 finals, won a gold medal win and a silver medal uh, award for each of the teams. Bottom line is, when you're on home ice and you've got that type of quality of a team – you, you have a chance to win. I think Canada, just to quickly go to Canada, you know, they don't have the star power they had in the last two world juniors. They're going to rely on really good, tight, disciplined play. I think they have a great chance to be in the semifinal because of the pool. Uh, you, you know, in their crossover game, they're not going to finish fourth, which would force them to play the USA in a crossover quarterfinal. They're going to get Czechia or Slovakia. So it's imperative and incumbent upon Team Canada to get their game rolling into the tournament so that they're best prepared for a quarterfinal matchup where they can give themselves the best chance to play in a semifinal and ultimately a medal. That's, that's where I see the team. I don't see Canada in the, in the class of Sweden and USA at the outset of this tournament, but as we've seen in, in previous tournaments, it's about how you build. It's not how you start, it's how you finish.
0: Yeah, totally fair. Uh, Craig Button uh, joins us from uh, TSN, and uh, Craig, when you look at at a team that like Calgary, I know you know you live in Calgary. You, I'm sure you watch the Flames all the time, and and you look at that team and kind of the direction they're like they're right on the you know they're right in the playoff hunt if they want to be in the playoff hunt. And some would argue, well, you just got to get in. Look at Florida, right? Like Florida could have missed the playoffs if Pittsburgh hadn't choked against Chicago. And then we'll never know what would have happened for their deep run. But like, what do you make of Calgary? It's, it's easy to say trade off everybody, but I like, even if they trade off their UFAs, they still got some good players. And I'm not sure they'll be terrible next year. So what would you do in Calgary? What do you think they're going to do?
1: Okay, a couple of things. Calgary also fell to Chicago, too, to end their playoff hopes last year, too, on home ice, just like Pittsburgh and just because I live in Calgary doesn't mean I just watch the Calgary no, Flames. No, I know. There's some there's some nights I don't feel like watching the Calgary Flames because they're not very uh, appealing. Uh, I, I think the hardest thing for the Calgary Flames right now, Jason, is understanding where you're at. Do you do you want to commit to Hannafin, Tannis, and Lindholm long-term? I mean, they put contract, hold, uh, contract talks on hold with those players. And, and it's not just about are they, are they close to being a playoff team? Can they be a playoff team? Maybe they can be. But I think that if you're going to commit to those UFAs, you're committing to them for a longer period of time. What does it mean with them in your lineup? Can you become a contender? You might be able to make the playoffs. Well, great. Do you want to be the Minnesota Wild, who, are, who were in the playoffs for all those years and, and, and pose no threat to anybody? I'm, that's a question they have to answer. I know from my perspective, I wouldn't be interested in that. I think they have some good young players. I think they have some good young prospects. I think they have some good players on their team. But you know, they're going to have money if they if they move some of those players off. They're not going to have long term commitments. I'm not. I, I don't want to be in the middle. I want to be competing at the top. So if I'm if I'm Craig Conroy and I'm the manager in Calgary, I, I'm moving those guys out. I'm seeing what I can get in return. I think I can get some good things, and I'm starting to retool the team. I don't need to. Blow it up like the Chicago Blackhawks, who are just awful. But I'm going to start moving because I don't think that this team, you limp into the playoffs, who cares?
0: Yeah. Uh, No, you're, uh, it's probably fair. I just, I'm. I'm intrigued to see kind of how they go about it. Like a lot of people have, have yeah. said they should do, they should try to do what Vancouver did, right? Where they traded Bo Horvat and then took the pieces from Bo Horvat to get other pieces, right? Hironic and things like that. And, and I get the theory behind it, but I'm not sure it's always that simple.
1: You're right. It, it, you know, it's never simple, but if you have a plan and you say, okay, here's where we're at. If you assess your team, I think the key part for management is always assess your team for what it is. Don't don't assess it based on what you hope it could be or what you thought it could be, and and then assess it going forward. Okay, what does it mean to have these players? What can we do in terms of you, you know moving some of the UFA's, our the uh, uh, Vancouver Canucks, and and then going that route? Obviously, you have to make a good you have to make good moves and you have to make good trades to move in that direction. But that's the one, that's the path that I would go on. And I would say, hey, listen, make good moves, make good trades and understand. I mean, you think about like a little, uh, I don't know, a little trade, but the Vancouver Canucks went and got Philip Roenick last year at the deadline. You know, that might not have been a trade that people were really looking at. That was a really good trade. A really good Mm -hmm. trade because it added another top four defenseman, a top three defenseman into your group. And and then, you know, obviously we know they added Zdorov, they signed Ian Cole, they signed Carson Soucy, they draft a bunch of defensemen. You know, they're trying to move it forward with the idea that we were not going to compete having Bo Horvat on the long-term contract along with JT Miller. We weren't going to be able to do it. And I think that's where the planes have to look at as well.
0: I got a fun question for you, Craig. Assuming that McDavid and Kucherov are going to finish first and second in league scoring. Who do you think finishes third?
1: <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, so let me be clear. I think that McDavid will be the, the Art Ross Trophy winner again.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: I think, I, I just, he's too good. <laughs> and Kucherov's great, don't get me wrong. Third? Uh, who will be third? Okay. you know I'm, I'm going to go right here. I'm going to lay it out there. Jack Hughes. Ooh, I like
0: that one. Yeah, it's a good pick. Good pick.
1: It's hard to bet against Leon. I know it is. I have a hard time because, but when when Connor gets rolling, Leon usually gets rolling. So I am going. I am going a little bit off the board with Jack.
2: Yeah, well, hey,
0: Hughes is uh, right now. I think Hughes has the uh, the third highest points per game behind uh, yep. Kucherov and McDavid. So it's not a bad pick uh, at all. You know, he missed a few of those games. Otherwise, he'd probably be uh, up around forty points uh, himself as well. Craig, have yourself an awesome weekend. And uh, we will chat with you next Friday.
1: And, and just real quickly, if Andrea from the Christmas Bureau is listening, I will be phoning her and getting my money to her. I forgot to do it this week. My apologies. Want to make sure that that money gets there so it can be used properly. All so, right, Butts. We love Andrea. it. Hey, no
0: problem. Yeah, you get on. It. Hey, we don't, trust me. You don't want Andrea chasing you down, Butts. You will be eating.
2: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: (laughs) You will be in big trouble.
1: I'm (laughs) sure.
0: Big trouble. Have a
1: great weekend. You too.